Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the World of Ink Network, founded in 2011 by Virginia Grenier and Marsha Cook. Their vision was to start a radio show that helped writers reach their dreams. The World of Ink has a wonderful group of hosts who are dedicated to delivering shows to entertain and inspire listeners. The World of Ink Network shares resources that introduce tips, products, and services to help strengthen, support, and challenge those who love writing and the written word. Their hope is to bring not only authors, illustrators, and publishers together, but screenwriters, directors, and producers. New to the network will be a variety of special shows, bringing not only entertaining shows, but informative discussions on timely subjects. To learn more about us, go to www.worldofinknetwork.com or visit us on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. It's Marcia Cook and Virginia Grenier. And we're going to have a great show today. This is a little different than our usual show. Um, this is open for the entire audience of anyone. This is a very important subject, stress. But I'm just going to say hello to Virginia. Hi, Virginia. Hello. It's good to have you Hi. back. Okay. Nice to be back. And um, so Virginia and I decided, you know, we we talked to the, about this, and I think that, you know, this is a subject that we're all feeling now stressed for many reasons. And so um, I said, oh, we should call Sam Oliver because he was on years ago, but I, you know, know he's very calming, and um, he's a chaplain and a bereavement counselor for hospice, but he also speaks other places, and He's gone on college campuses, and he's very, um, well, you'll see for yourself, because it. I think we all need to feel a little calmer than we do, and I think there's a lot going on, so I think that I'm just going to, um, Virginia, I don't think we should just, I'll just put Sam on, because he'll yep. say what he does, and then we could just get right into this. If you want to call, or if you have a question, the phone number is 714 uh, Hi, Sam, how are you? Hi, it's good to be here. So good to have you. It's so good to have you, and um, I'm feeling calmer already knowing you're on the show. <laughs> <laughs> tell tell everybody a little bit about yourself and um, uh, and some of the things that you know you're seeing today, like the health issues. But tell everybody how you got it. You know how you've been doing this for 17 years. Yeah, I actually uh, need to change that on my website. You probably got that information off of there. Yeah, it's probably uh, longer. I've been doing this for I've been doing this for thirty years. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I thought I seventeen seemed a little, right. Yeah. Yeah, and and when you put that on there, I said, oh, you know what, I got to change that. But yeah, but it should. doesn't seem like thirty years. <laughs> I know. It, it just I know. like it was yesterday to me because I I'm one of the very fortunate people who found my niche in hospice care as a chaplain and bereavement care person and I do what I love and I love what I do and not many people can say that and and if I didn't have to be paid I wouldn't ask for anything Uh, it's just uh, one (laughs) of those jobs that isn't work for me right because I mean and you meet so many people and you know each 
each one probably is unique to what's happening with them. We, when we talked before, you were mentioning something about the health issues that people are developing from stress. Well, yeah, you see it a lot of times on Facebook, and I'm not just pointing out Facebook. You see it in a right. lot of other places. But yeah. if you go on Facebook at all, you take a look at how many people that are voicing their opinions these days. And they used to not voice their opinions a lot, and that right. used to not be something that was in the forefront for a lot of people. It seems like we're living in a world where people want their voices to be heard outside of themselves anymore. And and see, we we used to live in a world where it was more important to listen to that uh, world inside of yourself and to hear that inner voice that calls you into those places where where silence. Uh, eventually becomes your path. And uh, and the deeper you get into listening and calming that voice that is in your head and listening to that voice that is inside your heart, the, the more we enter into that, the, the quieter we become, and yet that still small voice inside of us, the louder it becomes. And when that becomes the voice of of reason in your life, you're then being guided by by a power greater than yourself rather than your own power trying to make your way in the world by voicing your opinion all the time. There's a time for that. But, but so, so when you're saying when you're saying people are voicing their opinion, so do you think, you know, um well, you know, I I I can't help but feel like sometimes when people are voicing their opinion, if it's not the opinion of the person that's looking at the what you're saying, then they get mad at what you're saying because you might not be in agreement. So now a person that you've known for years is voicing something that you didn't know about them because let's just face it, Facebook, nobody's like really sitting in the room together. You're, you don't even know where people live, you know, and where they're from. You know, you, you could see where they're from, but you don't really sit in a conversation per se. So that can be... You know, you then there because uh, I've seen people go there. Okay, I'm unfriending everybody today. I'm taking a day and I'm going to go through my list and get rid of everybody. Virginia, have you seen that? I mean, I've seen that lately a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and I, was, I have to. I recently saw it, and you know, to kind of bring up a, a different thing um, slightly. And I know we'll get onto this, but as, as you know, you guys know because you're both friends with me on Facebook and know me anyways. But I was down in the Vegas over the weekend when the Vegas shooting happened. And so right. I instantly put up on Facebook about how I was safe and okay and everything. So, you know, my friends and family would know that my husband and I were fine since a lot of people knew we were in Vegas. They didn't know. Some people knew exactly where we were staying. Some didn't. Um, but they knew we were there. So, anyways, we were lucky and fortunate, and, and obviously we're, we're safe and sound. But what really bothered me, which is where I'm going with this, is because I posted that, and I had a few friends, who I ended up hiding their comments, but, you know, here I am letting everybody know that, you know, Justin and I are okay, and then all of a sudden they're posting about how, you know, their view about gun violence. And I'm thinking yeah. like, yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. this just happened. People people are trying to recover from the shock and the trauma of this. This is not when you start, you know, within like 14 hours, 24 hours, on your bandwagon of whatever your opinions are with guns. <laughs> and it really bothered me because I'm like, you know, let let me deal with the fact that my my kids weren't even with us. Like, you know, I have little kids and I have you know an older an older kids, but you know, I'm like going, you know, my my 22 year old son 
was calling me at like 1 a.m. in the morning, freaked out because he yeah. knew exactly where yeah. we were and what our and what our itinerary was down there. So he knew we were we were lucky. We ended up going home early that night, so we actually not we're not in the line of fire. But if we had stuck to what we had told him, we would have been. So as far as he was concerned, he was thinking we were there, and he didn't know if he was going to be able to get a hold of us. And I had friends who, you know, who when we let them know we're all safe and sound, I was like, kind of like, um, you know, not not the time or platform to be sharing these opinions. So I think a lot of stress comes when on on social media because people, you know, kind of what you know Sam was saying. There's a time and a place to say things, and I think that with social media, we've kind of unfortunately have tuned that part out. In our society. Right, right. Like what Sam just said, like what Sam, what you just said, because you said, you know, people are voicing their opinions right off the bat. Right. There people that did not do that before, I'm sure. They don't. And, and if you take a look at what's going on on Facebook, um, and, and I'm not picking on Facebook again because this it's just an easy target to pick of, yeah. of what's going on in the rest of society. I, I want to make that clear. Uh, right. But at what people are drawn to these days. They're, they're drawn to drama. They're drawn to anything that is devastating. And we have a lot of things that have happened this last few months that are very yeah. devastating. The world yeah. is changing in a very significant way. Uh, basically, a paradigm shift has happened, and most people don't even know it. And, and that's on an economic level because we're moving into areas uh, of our uh, of our country where we're seeing a, a bubble that is about to burst economically and people are scared to death of that. And I'm going to get back to that in just a moment. But you take but a can look I, let at me, all these... well, Let me interrupt for one second. Uh, Virginia, are you, can you, my, the chat is not open. Do you see it open? It, it could you, was. Could and, you open it because mine doesn't look like, mine's not right in case somebody is. Yeah, I'll try. Okay, see if yours will open here. Okay, I'm sorry. Did you hear that thought, Sam? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sorry, well, Sam. I just, you know, I yeah, I just wanted to see because I don't. It, my chat isn't here in case somebody wanted to say something. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm going to get back to that in just a moment. Uh, basically, an economy of spirit. And, okay. But what's going on with all these hurricanes and all these shootings and all these terrorist acts and people are hearing it left and right and they keep their cell phones with them and if they hear a beep on their cell phone, they'll go and look and see what the latest news was. And usually yeah. it's not good news, it's devastating news more so than good news these days. Yeah, yeah. And what that begins to create inside of a person's heart and even their mind is uh, literally like bombs going off inside of them because those are things that create uh, reactions to life and instead of being able to respond to life when things were simpler and things came at you a lot slower. Yeah, so yeah. yeah that's the thing. It's not slow. Up. It's fast. It's coming on fast yeah. to everybody. And everybody through technology is trying to take in the whole world, and we are not capable of taking in the whole world. There's only one... Uh, position of power that is capable of doing that, and we all know who that is, and that's yeah. our creator. Uh, but yet what people continue to, to fail to see when you're being bombarded with all of this negative news is what we used to see in society when things uh, were reported that were good events. And that used so to Sam, make Sam, what do you think when people, what you're saying about Facebook, so 
what what happens is in the morning, I'm sure most people do the same thing. They they look at their phone first. Yeah. Before first they do, do everything. You, you look and see if anybody uh, responded to your last voice you wanted to be heard the night before on on on, the, on a social media somewhere on any of those social media. Yeah. And because that seems to be more important than waking up in the morning and listening to that inner voice inside of you that is trying to to guide you through the day in a more peaceful path. And and until we begin listening to that um the the language of the soul Instead of listening to the the language of one's chattered mind that is filled with just information that oftentimes is not good for uh, a person, well, actually, what happens is that it hides you from that place you need to be to get centered before the. So, what would you say? What would you say? How do people? Because it's become an addiction for most people, I'm sure. What would you say? Let's say, you know, that they should try to do for themselves, so maybe the rest of the day they wouldn't be so tense and, you know, keep looking at their phone. And before they go to bed, check the messages. Well, I don't touch my phone right before going to bed, and I don't touch it the first thing in the morning. I I had to retrain myself from doing that because I caught myself doing that too at one point in my life. And I basically realized that there is a – I am putting – my attention, and you, and this is the economy of spirit that I wanted to talk to you a little bit, because that's actually going to be my my next book. Not that title, but it'll be uh, something about the spiritual economy of the soul. Whatever you put your interest in, or your money, or your interest in your mind and your heart, they can all be the same thing. Wherever you put that is where your energy is going to flow, because you're putting your intention and your desire to make that uh, so much a part of your awareness that it takes your energy from inside of yourself to outside of yourself where you're out of control. See, we are more centered and in control as, as long as we are able to listen to that voice inside of you that is wanting to move through you instead of that voice that wants to move from you. You see the difference? When it moves from you, it's coming from your power. It's coming from your ego. But when energy moves in and through you, and when you get in touch with that voice inside of you that wants to lead you through the day, and instead of getting you through the day, which is a difference, you hear the difference in the words? When that voice inside of you wants to lead you through the day, and help you to avoid some of these obstacles that keeps you from being able to listen to who you are as you are going through your day and keep you empowered. That part of you uh, is the economy of your spirit that we are literally telling our soul whether it is valued or not, or do we take interest in it or not, or do we invest in it or not. You see where I'm going with that? Yeah, yeah. And, See Virginia, and does, you know what Virginia does. I have to. I wanted to add this. You you do this, Virginia, and the, on the weekend you don't answer your you don't answer people back on your messages or online. Yeah, well, I don't know if they don't do it on the weekend, but when when I need when I need to actually get quiet and and I'm just I've I've had too much of of the outer world in my brain. Yeah, I'll kind of just shut everybody down and. I won't get on social media. I won't even. I won't even get on the internet. Period. 
I kind of I, I go off grid 100%. Yeah. And I know because there's been times where Marsha's trying to get a hold of me. She's like, I've been trying to get a hold of you. She's like, just wait. I'm and, stressed and, out. Yeah, I'm <laughs> stressed out. Stress right. out. But, um, no, answer, but answer. <laughs> yeah. But I do that because, um, and the biggest thing is, is in the last year, I mean, I've, you know, I've been um, consulting over at a at a police station and, you know, also doing research for, for a book that I'm working on while I'm there. And so I, I hear so much negativity 24-7 from being there. And then, of course, my husband working in a 911 center. So, I mean, it's it's a 24-7 constant, you know, and then you had all social media and all the crazy there and then the news. And after a while, you just need to shut it all down and disappear. <laughs> they don't. And you, you do it. I know. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I think, you know, I think it's hard to do, you know, and um, I'm trying not to, but then, you know, because we have to, you know, be on there to be, you know, promoting the shows and doing and promoting everything, which leads me to another subject. Okay, Sam, you know this because you also are an author of many books, okay, and you're going to do another book. This is something I hear all the time is how stressed out we are we're having to market and even though people are marketing all the time they're very frustrated because they're not selling the books that they want. How can they relax and try to enjoy maybe the experience of they've written the book rather than so much worry about who buys a copy of it or how many people see it? Well, you know, that used to be my main focus is once I wrote a book to get it published and, and to get it out there and, and make millions of dollars off of it so I could live the life of my dreams. It wasn't until I realized that the life of my dreams was writing the book. It wasn't making the million. Yeah. Because my desire was to be able to hear my voice inside of me that it was longing to be heard for years come alive. And when it came yeah. alive, what I noticed is my creativity. And when it became more important to me than getting my books out, I noticed that my creativity at this point has no end on what I'm capable of. That is when you reach your low, no limit state. It can't be something that is measured because it can't be measured. Begin to so now, so now when you write your book, do you think you'll be um, much more at ease as far as how you go about marketing it and what you well, here, need to do. Here's the thing that I have heard from spiritual gurus from all over the world. World, It is the moment that you cross over into that place when you no longer care the result of your actions. That's when things become magical for you. And, and it took me years to understand that. And I'm now doing things on Facebook, and I can't believe how many people have actually heard me when I give the... I, about every two or three days, I will do, while I'm taking a walk in the morning, I'll do a, a reflection. I've and seen I you do that. I've that. seen that. I, I see that on Facebook. I'm, and I know it's not professional because I'm out of breath because I'm usually walking up a hill by the, when I start my reflection. But, <laughs> uh, but most people have told me they don't care. They listen because of what's being said in it. And I know I have have uh, touched thousands of people's lives doing that in just a short period of time that I'll never get paid for. 
but it's that's not what's important to me right now. What's important to me yeah. is to develop that no limit state inside of me to when I do go to write a book, I will write it from that space that is inside of me, which will give it the opportunity for that to become possible. What kind of comments do you get from people, you know, when you're talking like this? To, you know, well, you, when you do your little five-minute, whatever, you know, what you're doing when you're walking. Well, usually they'll, they'll tell me that they have, you know, they knew if, or they needed to hear it that day or that they they knew of someone that needed to hear it, so they'll take it and share it. And yeah. uh, and it makes me feel feel really good, and not in the sense that, and it's not in the sense that it used to be for me 15, 20 years ago when I was just wanting my voice to be heard. It's like I was saying earlier in the show. That's not as important for to me as is for people to be able to connect to that voice that is inside of me that I am finally valuing after all of these years. Yeah, so it's not right. I, I can see where that that's true because a lot of times, you know, when you write a book and when you've write a lot of when you've written a lot of books, you know, the the fact that Virginia and I have talked about this. I don't know so much online, but a lot of times we do mention, like, there there have been cases where people that come on, and they're just so happy that they wrote one book. They're thrilled. And, and and they're just really happy inside. You can hear them when they're speaking how happy they are, and they're not talking as much about sales or marketing, about how good they feel that they finally wrote that book. Yeah, there's a sense of people forget Because they finally listen to that voice out inside of them, and they were able to actually put it into print and read it and see the value of listening to that part of who they are for a change. Yeah. And yeah. and it takes it takes time to cultivate and a skill to be able to listen to that voice and be able to share it with others. See, I I don't cons- I I know I have the title of an author. But I don't consider myself an author. I consider myself a secretary, and I've got better at it the older I get because I listen better to that voice yeah. inside of me that keeps yeah. trying to tell me yep. what to write instead of what I want to write. Yeah. Well, here, here's a question, Sam. So, because I think with, obviously with technology, we have so much, you know, external um, input coming in, and, and obviously that's why people are surrounded because it's just, constant noise and, and stuff surrounding us. How, what, what are a few steps for people who are like, because, you know, we always hear everybody's like overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. I don't have enough time in the day. Just, I need to do this. I need to do this. And, and obviously a lot of those demands we put on ourselves, and they're all superficial, and I'm not saying that they aren't important things, but we just overburden <laughs> ourselves with it. Um, that's what I mean by superficially. What, what are some steps for people to start taking, to start working yeah. on drawing back what? into their inner self and listening to that inner voice and, and remembering that they need to take time out personally for themselves and it's not selfish. It's just a time that you need to reflect and basically re-energize yourself, your soul. Well, there's there's a lot of ways to do that. Some people are, are geared towards um, meditation and they can do that in the morning. And that's just a simple act of breathing, noticing your breath and and noticing it going in and noticing it going out, noticing where it touches you inside your body, and then imagine where it's going. 
And if you're really good at your imagination, if you're in a place where you really know where it's going, you know it's going everywhere and yet nowhere at the same time. But now there's a, I, one of my favorite ones is to do a walking meditation early in the morning. And when I do a, a walking meditation, I, I tend to get there when it's dark. And, and I walk long enough that I get to see the sun begin to rise. And what that does for me is it begins to rise, that something inside of me begins to rise, and awareness begins to rise inside of me. And I can feel myself awakening from, awaken from the inside out. And what is awakening is an awareness of me noticing my day instead of putting myself on notice on what needs to be done during the day. See, there's a difference when you're noticing the day instead of you forcing yourself through the act of a will to put yourself on notice, to begin to uh, knowing that you have a schedule you've got to meet and you've got to do a, this time schedule at this time, this time, and that time, and that time. And that's fine and dandy as long as you keep it between the nine to five hours. But if you're making it as a part of your day before and after your day and you structure your life in the same way as you would a business, then you're going into that mode where you're running yourself down. and Because life is meant to be lived in a way that we, we give, um, give honor to that part of you that has a creative spirit inside of you. And that creative spirit inside of you wants to uh, feel as though it is autonomous instead of being controlled, which is what often happens with your job, unless you have a job you dearly love. And unfortunately, a lot of people choose jobs to make a certain amount of money in order to create a particular lifestyle instead of cre- instead of finding a job that is able to create a lifestyle that nurtures the soul, and from that place, if you do that well, there's, you, you get to the same place, there's no limit to your life over time. I have more people that, that have told me uh, here recently, when I stopped writing my books and stopped writing articles so much and just focused on Facebook, I have had people, I've had gurus over in the East send me emails and tell me that they can't wait to listen to my next live Facebook show, and they share it with wow. their students. Gurus wow. that I used to listen to when I was young and and basically worship them in a way. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, what is there about me that has shifted that wasn't there before? And I think a lot of it is is me being willing over the years uh, and I've cultivated this through working with dying patients with, through hospice care. I cultivated the idea at, at when I first started working for hospice, and even though I went to seminary, and I've got a doctorate degree in, in theology, and I thought I knew how to tell patients how they were going to die because I, I assumed I knew more than they did. And, and you know what? No one knows anything about another person's journey, especially when it comes to going into a place of the unknown mm-hmm. better than that person knows themselves. Now, they may be in a place in their life because they've lived the life that we're talking about right now where they've lived from stress 
moment to the next stress moment that they have forgotten to listen to that voice that is inside of them. Yeah. And, and, and what I do is to help them as they begin to describe to me their life, listen to their story as close as I can to, that, to those places where I can tell that they've had inspirational moments in their life that has literally made them come to life for a moment and get away from that, that structured lifestyle and into that place where there are no limits to the life that they are capable of, of living when they are experiencing moments of joy. Because it is in those moments that when they begin to enjoy telling me their story that I begin to, to not only feel their joy, that is inside of them, I can tell that their soul is in joy. I enjoy, not enjoy at this point. They're literally in joy. And they're literally embodying a place where they, they're, uh, even though their dying body is fading away, they're becoming more soul than body and they're entering into a place that cannot die. And there's that peace that comes as a result of that 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 is really not able to be understood, but it can be felt and embraced by the human heart. You see, it's, the heart knows things that the mind will never be able to understand. And when you're listening to the voices inside of you, or that voice inside of you, I should say, that leads you to your states of joy, to your places of play in the world, that is when we begin to free ourselves from the limits that tend to hold us down from experience. I, re- I remember the last time, I mean, this is a long time ago when you were on the show, but I remember like people were asking at that time when there was more of a chat because, you know, um, I can't seem to get the chat room open, but at the time, but, you know, when people uh, are at the end, you know, when they're laying in bed and you, you're sitting there with someone you love and you don't know how to, you know, comfort them or what to say, you said just sit there and maybe hold their hand. Because they get it at that time. They're they not, do. you know, yeah. That always they, stuck with me because it's, people are always thinking, what should they say at the end? You know, they're not, the words aren't the right words they wanted to say. They maybe wanted to apologize. They wanted to tell them something else about, you know, their life. But you said it would be what they really need is just to know somebody's with them. And so it's quiet. Yeah. And this is going to be strange what you're about to hear from me um, as an author. You see, words take up space in a dying person's soul. And the more space you take up in that person's soul when they need to be more in a place of awareness and expanding in peace where no words can describe where they are, the more we continue to do that with them, the more we begin to interfere with that path that they actually need to be listening to so that they can deepen themselves into a place where they can make their transition. Yeah. Now. You know, it's it's funny that you're not funny, but that you said about, you know, breathing in and out and for stress. You know, uh, I mean, I'm, I just wrote a romantic comedy, and so it's about a dog that, you know, comes back to earth to um, – get two people to fall in love with each other that already do, but they just don't know it. So, I mean, I even have a scene in there that that the dog is saying that, because the dog does talk, that the dog said, 
if you feel, you know, the dog was feeling stressed for a moment and the dog is saying, I think I have to meditate. I've heard that's really good. So then I have the dog inhaling and exhaling because I, you know, I actually do think that the breathing is really good for you. And that's why people do yoga and Tai Chi and any of those things. And even though people exercise, they're not, and when you do yoga, yoga and Tai Chi, your breathing is what really matters because in and out does help. It makes you something about that. I don't know. You know, it is spiritual, but it's also, I think, something good for your health. It is, and and I think you've uh, touched on a point that is very, um, not only very important to us. It's life saving or life threatening. If you forget to breathe at any moment in during the day, instead of staying in your body's natural patterns. You're creating stress inside yeah. yourself. Um, the, you see, one thing about having an animal, and I think why people love their animals so much is they can't talk to them. Yeah. They can't talk to them. And so they create a relationship with an animal where no words exist. So they're forced into that place where they begin to intuit the nature of their pet and literally become one with them because in order to read them when they are hungry or when they are wanting to go out and play, you've got to watch their actions. You can't, you can't be directed on what you need to be do- done or told what to do, which impedes on a lot of people's autonomy and they feel the stress of that because they feel as though their life is no longer under control. Well, see, an animal can't do that with you. They can only relate to you from the inside out. And you have to empathetically get into a relationship with an animal if it's going to be, or your pet, that's going to be close to you. And that's well, why I think you that, you know, I've noticed this, and maybe my whole audience has probably noticed this in Virginia. I know that, you know, that I've noticed more and more people, they're grieving for their pets because they do become so close to them and you know a lot of people say you know they may think that's ridiculous but that's part of their life so and I've noticed that now on covers of you know Facebook and different things people are putting their dog or cat on them you know the page with them because that's how much they mean to them you know I'm much more so than I've ever seen before wouldn't you would you agree that I mean I've noticed that on Facebook a lot so I think that you know I have I was gonna say I have like what three author photos where my snails is in the photo no well yeah because I think people really do feel that that's one of the reasons I wrote it in the comedy though I wrote it because I really do think that people do talk to their dogs and so when they talk to their dogs mine happens to talk back but you know but mostly they comfort them when they need they it. They do. And um and I think uh, you know, I think the reason why they do comfort them is because they don't speak back to them. They well yeah. they speak to but they speak to those places inside of you that you avoid with people oftentimes. How many times yeah. do you go up to someone and feel as though especially someone you haven't seen in a while, you feel obligated or feel as though you need to help each other catch up. You don't have much time to do it, so you try to do it in three to five minutes. Yeah. And then it's a encounter instead of one that that could have been very joyful if you had hours to spend with them to take your time sharing it. And and uh, 
Uh, we yeah, because I'm sure people go after they've talked to someone, they go, like, what did I say that for? They don't even <laughs> care, you know. And that's it's interesting <laughs> you just It's said, true. Uh, yeah, I'm saying, it's interesting you said that, Sam, because I have a friend that I've that's been my friend since I was three, and I only have one friend that, I, that I've known that long. And... <laughs> Sorry, my seven-year-old's in here. You guys are in the background. And um, what's interesting is her and I have, you know, gone different paths in our lives. We've moved away from each other. But we always somehow end up recrossing crossing paths. And we have a friendship that when we reconnect, we don't do that. We don't do the whole let's catch each other up what we've been doing for the last, you know, five years, ten years, whatever it's been since we've seen each other. Um, it's like we just saw each other yesterday because we just see each yeah. other and just take in the moment that we're face-to-face again. After all this time. And that's probably why my friendship with her has probably lasted the longest because we just innately have that with each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good that's a good thing. Oh, that has that is one thing that Facebook has brought to a lot of people. A lot of people have found people that they may never have found because all of a sudden you see someone on there and you go, "Oh my God, I haven't seen them in years," and then mm-hmm. you connect. And sometimes you're just watching what they're doing right now. You don't know what they've done for the last 10 years, you know, and it doesn't matter because you're just happy that you connected. So I I do think, Sam, I can see what you're saying there because, you know, every last sentence of everything we've done isn't the most important thing in the world. It's just Mm -hmm. probably the here and now, actually, that's really kind of the most important thing. It is. What you're feeling. Do you know yeah. what happens when you catch up with an old friend you haven't seen in a while? Uh, another friend will come along that you haven't seen in a while, and you don't get a chance to deepen that relationship that you that you entered into that was so life-giving to you. We don't have a chance these days, it seems like, to deepen, um, deepen our relationships uh, like we used to because mm-hmm. we're of people at one time that that had uh, close-knit relationships in small communities, and now small communities have become big communities, and big communities have gone on Facebook and has literally connected to the world. Now, how are you going to be able to retrieve that place of centeredness when you continue to keep expanding and expanding to, to what gets lost is your voice that is longing to be heard? Now, do you go to campuses now? Do you go to campuses again, or I've taken talk time to college kids my dad died a year and a half ago, and when he died yeah. a year and a half ago, well, but a year before he died, and 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 I've been taking a year and a half off. Just recently, I started going on Facebook and doing uh, live shows for people. Uh, so uh, then you'll know more than now, yeah. So basically, I did that to get back into the groove and into the patterns that I once knew at one time before that um, that death occurred in my life. You know, so and, you you said it took you a year and a half to get back to this because I think this is probably something that a lot of us go through: losing parents, losing you know loved ones. What did you do during that time to make yourself? Because some people, you know, they they really need some help on how to grieve and how to get back into life. What What is your advice on that for people? Well, keep coming what back. What did you do? To, let's, say, let, let's say, what did you do to get yourself back? Well, I, I first of all try, tried to drown out my sorrow with a lot of uh, information and, and a lot of people and experiences to, to keep myself from, from grieving that loss. And 
And then it, it wasn't until I I really slowed down enough inside of myself and pushed away a lot of the external activities that I was able to go inside to to actually be able to relive some memories that I had with my dad that had meant a lot to me. And, and through that reliving of those experiences, or, or another way of saying that is to be able to call my soul back to a time when my dad was alive, to that place inside of me where he could actually be alive inside of me on an introspective level, it literally brought tears of sorrow, but at the same time, within that same feeling, were tears of joy because I still had only lost the physical relationship with my dad. I never lost the spirit of my relationship with my dad. And it's in that reconnection inside of me when I was no longer drowning myself with the external realities of life, that I was able to, to literally realize that I had a eternal relationship with my dad that would never die, which gave me the peace I needed to be able to move forward. And so many people will uh, drown themselves in their sorrow and live in sorrow or go the other direction and fill their life with things and experiences so that they can avoid taking that journey inside of themselves when it's not one you have to go into in order to experience sorrow. You're just going inside of yourself to reconnect with something that is most important to you yourself anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, with, and without that groundedness, we 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 have no chance of developing meaningful relationships with everyone. I don't talk to a lot of people on Facebook. I will respond to to my video if they do. I go I use Facebook to go on and share a reflection, and then and I will respond to people that are responding to that reflection uh, in that moment and for a few minutes and then maybe, you know, 30 minutes, but I get away from my computer and I go on with my day so that I can experience life. That, to me, is sharing my life. That is not experiencing life. And unfortunately for people, a lot of them make it their life and they get very sensitive and they go and befriend people if they don't agree with them. Yeah, you know, you know uh, the comments, you know, uh, that you brought that up. All right. So I think that, you know, when someone is having trauma in their life and whatever, I think, you know, people are now expecting other people to come in and make a comment and, and, you know, and sharing it or trying to, you know, where that does take up a lot of time for people, okay? And you find yourself, though, feeling sorry for people because you do, but you're writing it and normally – you wouldn't all do that. You're just feeling sorry for them and, you know, whatever. But now people are expecting a comment or prayers and thoughts, you know, where nor- before this you wouldn't have been doing this, you know. And right. you still you feel bad, but they're waiting for it. And if you don't, you don't want to, like, hurt someone because you, they'll think you're not thinking of them. And it's interesting and, you said that, Marcia, because um, I had a, someone that I'm friended to on social media and they actually had put a post up saying that they um, were having a miserable day because they've been going through a rough time and none of their friends have responded to the post about what's been going on to them. And I'm sort of thinking like, well, we see it, but I mean, you know, we can't run around patting everybody on the back and letting them cry on your shoulder all day long either. (laughs) Well, well, 
<laughs> okay, but th- that's you. But see, the thing is, right, I I feel bad a lot. Okay, this is my, you know, I do feel bad, but then I find myself, it does take up a lot of energy, and all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, I'm telling people that are not my friends on Facebook about all these people and all this tragedy, and then I'm thinking to myself, what, you know, what is that really doing to me, or, or not me doing it or anybody else doing it, isn't that stressful for people to keep doing that because you may think it's not stressful to keep, you know, everybody's, you know, problems in your, you know, in your head. You, you, you can't help but do that when you're seeing all this. So, you know, and... Maybe what happened should be, I don't know if this could be, but, but but before Facebook was a lot different. You're putting out more happy things and things that are going on and just, you know, like little jokes or things like that. But now it's becoming a place like if someone is upset, they feel the need to come out there and start telling everybody how upset they are and they don't know, you know, they can't stand everything that's happened to them or people or their friends, like you're saying, Virginia, and then they're mad that people aren't responding so what what would you say to people out there to maybe how they can control this because it does get overwhelming to people I think well first of all i I would say that if you're putting something on Facebook and it's the same thing in life what I'm about to say, but let's start with Facebook because it's an easy uh place to start right if you if you put a comment out there with the expectation that many people are going to like it or or at least respond to it, and you, so you, what you've done at that point to yourself emotionally is you put out to the world an expectation for the world to respond back to you as though mm-hmm. that their responsibility to take care of your emotions at that point. You're right there in the ego right there. You're no longer in that place where unconditional love draws authentic relationships together. You're in a place of conditioned responses, or you're in a place of conditional love, and eventually you're going to judge it to the point that you will kill it, the spirit of that relationship. And we do that a lot of times in life as well. We put things out there, we share it with certain people with the expectations to get a certain response. Instead of allowing someone to respond to you from where they are in that moment and let that be okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I mean, I, I see it so much more than I've ever seen it before. And, you know, and um, well, then, they, then people will say, they go like, well, I'm sorry I hit a rant yesterday. Yeah. Well, I, you know. to me, when I see it too, especially when I see it from specific people continuously, and I'm not talking like a day or two, I'm talking like weeks, right, right. months on end, I start wondering, are they getting to the cycle of trying, you know, where their self-esteem is at such a low point that instead of turning inward and rebuilding themselves back up, they're trying to get it ex- externally, which is just a temporary, you know, boost. Right. That's yeah. it. And you see you see how we take away our power every time we do. On one level, we, uh, we, we trick ourselves into thinking that because we go on social media of any type to go out there to gather in support. The moment you're doing that, you're not gathering in the support and resources that you actually need. You're yeah. taking from resources of your inner self and saying you're telling your inner self at that point that you don't have value to me 
but what has value to me is what others, how they respond to this. And you're also going to measure it and judge it based upon where you are emotionally at the time, which has been in a weakened state that doesn't allow you to get into that place of unconditional love to accept whatever people have to give you from where they are. Do do you think, Sam, that that this is also what, you know, because that's the other thing I've noticed too with people is, they get in, in this cycle, and it seems like at the same time, not everybody, but a good majority of people tend to go negative. Like they just they get yeah. mad yeah. and upset and go negative. Yeah. I see yeah. more negative now than I used to out of people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's like we've been talking about this whole hour. People are taking their power away from themselves and giving it to to the world outside of them, and, and they're literally uh, – Taking what's most invo- most vulnerable inside of them and giving it to others to play with, and they don't yeah. even know how to play the game with you because you haven't revealed to them what the game is yet because you don't know because you've not centered yourself enough in the silence of who you are to know where your strength is and know that you don't even have to do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, and I think it's not only that it's Twitter and you know, uh, it, it's. Uh, they don't do that on LinkedIn because it's mostly business, you know, and things like that, talking about that. And But they do do it on Twitter and Facebook. And, you know, um, uh, I think that um, th- there's a, there are things that people can do to make themselves feel better. And I, I think that you're right, you know, maybe in an inner way or maybe, you know, or talk to, you know, uh, a minister, a priest, rabbi, something if it's really bothering you because the people that are out there, they they can't help you. They, by liking your page or just saying we're sorry, that really doesn't help them get to a better place in no, the long it run. In the long it run, it does. And if you, if so, you what would you suggest that, for people that that uh, that may be listening that sometimes do this? What would you suggest that they try to do uh, for themselves? To find a niece or nephew that is about one to two years old and spend the day with them. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, and that is so that that is such a great comment because being that's a children's a good author, yes. you know, that's one of the things that you know I notice right. that when I get really fr- and and I mean I even get frustrated at my at my youngest <laughs> at times, but I find when I just take the deep breath and just let it go and start looking at the world at, at her level. You know, which is like getting down on the ground and really yeah. viewing the world at, at her, you know, barely three foot height. I, I I see things so differently, and they're not as horrible, and she's not as annoying as I thought she was being. And yeah, <laughs> I, I think you know, you know, I, I really think that is a good really idea. Simple. That's a really good idea because when you are with kids, I mean, I worked for a pediatrician for years, and uh, as a lab tech, and you know, um, it. it it was a great office, you know, and that was the job I never wanted to take when I was, you know, uh, out there looking for a job. I just wanted to work in a hospital. But then when I started working with kids, it was really a lot of fun because basically everybody, it's just sore throats and whatever. This was not, you know, kids with having a lot of issues because they didn't just go on daily, you know, to the pediatrician. So, I mean, but you learn a lot from kids and, you know, and you do, it is relaxing when you're, you're right, with a kid because it, it may not be relaxing once you're, jump, you know, if you're running around with them, but you're watching them and it's, it's such a great feeling to see them discover things that you already yeah. knew, but it's fun to watch them. But you know what? Here's the thing. 
we don't need that child in, uh, outside of ourselves because we have a child inside of us. That yes, we do. Be able to be I, I agree. Yes, I definitely now, agree. Here's how you can get to know that child inside of yourself. If you want to live in wonder, when you take a walk through the woods, instead of walking into a, a, a spider web and getting all aggravated at it, just notice it before you even get there. Most people don't even notice they're walking into into a spider web because they have so many of their own thoughts that are that yeah. are inside yeah. of them taking their attention away from noticing what's in front of them. That but but when you are able to slow down enough, walk through the woods, maybe walk by a creek or a river or at a lake, to the point where things slow down enough to where you can feel life moving through you. Literally feeling the energy of the land moving through you and filling you just as though it was the same breath that, that that literally gives you life as the one that you take in and out every moment of your life yeah. is then when we slow down enough and realize what the essence of life it is. What, what the essence of life is is the choice you make and how you're going to take in that next breath. Mm-hmm. See, unfortunately, people, you know, you keep going till, like, say, somebody doesn't feel well. And then God makes the decision that, okay, this person needs to rest for a while. So then they, they're, they're like, passed out. They, they can't do all the things that they did, but their body is getting into a different state. They're, they're not well because they don't feel well, but they're actually not, um, you know, they're quiet. Where they have You're to making- there's no choice. You're taking us to a very good place right there, Marsha. We we go through life, and it is not until we get an illness or we face yeah, our dying. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. That we really begin to live because we spend our times on, on, on this earth trying to kind of climb a ladder of success, and it's based upon things that we do. And um, And the more that we do that, we let go of the place that is inside of you that that really needs to nurture you along the way. See, yeah. success itself is not the destination. It is the choice to be, get on that path in the, in the first place. And by stepping into the path of your dreams, you've already become successful. It's not a place where you end up. It is the place that you begin because it's always in those beginning moments of our lives that we experience the purity of our hearts and the most joy and the most innocence. It's like a baby being born for the first time. There's nothing that you can can use in words or do to describe that kind of experience because it is it fills everyone in the room with a state of so much ecstasy that you're in awe of something outside of yourself and even inside of yourself being purified and filled with something that is greater than the thoughts you have about an ordinary life. And then the ordinary life at that moment becomes so extraordinary, we consider that to be a miracle when every moment of our lives could be a miracle when we stay in that state of of pure joy. It's really good advice. You know, it really is. I mean, you know, and that's probably a good way to end this show. And, Sam, you know, I I really do hope you'll come back because, and, and, you know, we should do this more often because I really do think people need to 
get to a quiet part of their life and try to understand, you know, themselves a little better. So I think, you know, actually I think what you've said has been excellent. Um, I'm sure Virginia will agree because um, it's just, it's what we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well, I enjoy doing it. And is there I something, is there, is there anything you'd like to leave with, you know, a, a note, you know, anything you'd like to leave with, a thought? I, I I want I would like to leave with how can with they find you you know because I know it, I I that's an important thing we didn't talk about where can they find you so they can you know hear some of your um, videos that you record on Facebook. Well, if they go to Facebook and look under Sam Oliver or look under author Sam Oliver, uh, they'll find me on there. But you can also find me on uh, my website. Uh, it's called pathintohealing.com. And um, I think people would find out a lot about me there. I'm actually all over the internet. I've written all of my life. I know, I know um, you are. You know, and I think, you know, I think sometimes people, you know, they don't realize that it is, you know, just put a name in. It's much easier than it used to be now, especially when you have a lot of things, you know, about you out there, because all they have to put it is your name in search, and you come up. And I yeah, think sometimes you know people go, they go, how do we reach you? But really, if you just put. It certainly, with all the things you've done, to put you, you know, in Sam Oliver right in the search button, and you come up everywhere. Well, what I'd like to leave people with more than anything else, and I've learned this from from my dying folk who've told life review after life review, and I may explain a life review to people in a very short period of time in a way you've never heard it before, but I want to say this. When you are born into this world, you come in with a body. And then as you grow a little bit, become a toddler, you have another body. And as a teenager, you become and have another body. As an adult, you have another body. And as a middle-aged person, you have another body. And when you're elder, you have a body. And when you are dying, you're beginning to take on another body, even though you're afraid you're not going to. But and because we are so afraid of death that we forget to live. But, you know, here's the thing. Our body has died many times before we get to that place where we have to give back to the world what we took in. You see, when you come into the world, you take in a breath. And when you leave, you have to give it back. Nothing is ever ours completely. And along the way, when you have gone through several different bodies in your lifetime, you've literally died to one body and you've resurrected into another one. And through that transformational event, our soul is continuing to remind us that there is no end to our life. It's just seasons of our life that recycle themselves over and over until you finally get it at the end of your life that the thing that was most important to you has been with you all along. And when you come to know that part of who you are, you come to know the reason why you were born into this world and what will carry you back home. That's that's good. It's a good feeling to listen to this, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think Virginia and I are both speechless, which is quite quite interesting. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sam, thank you again. You know, I, I yeah, mean, actually, you, so you know, I, I really do think a lot of the things you said today really, you know, it resonates in my mind. And I think that I, I actually think people need to hear this now because they really have to start thinking about these things because it so it doesn't affect, you know, life. Uh, life around us is going around, but inside of us it's very stressful. So I think that the words you've said today really are very helpful, I think. Thank you so much. Yes, thank well, you. enjoyed doing it. <laughs> okay, thank you. Take care. We're going to have you on again because it's very relaxing. I, I love this. <laughs> thank you. I have to. Thank you. Virginia? You still yes. here? Okay. I, am, uh, I just I, I probably should, you know, talk about tomorrow's show and the afternoon show. It, yes. it should be good because Randall Dark will be on. He's been on before. He's a director, cinematographer. He's He's really wonderful. He does documentaries. And then uh, Mikey Brooks is on, and Mikey Brooks illustrates, and um, he does covers, and he's an author. And both of them are so interesting, you know, so it should be a good show. It's an afternoon show. It's at uh, 4 Eastern, 3 Central. Yeah, and I'm bummed I'm missing that one because... It'd be interesting to to hear what's all going on. Yeah, Mikey has. Yeah, they haven't been. Well, Randall's. Both of them have been on before, but the two yeah. of them together, I think, would be really good because, um, you know, they do a lot of the same things in different ways. You know, they're out there. Right. You know, well, doing, saying, you know, and. And I don't know if Randall was there, but I know Mikey was um, just recently at the Salt Lake Comic Con that just wrapped up in September. So. I'm sure he has. Yeah, and he right, and he did right, and he's done some you know illustrations for me, and he's he's really Mm. really good, and he just did you know um, my little dog Gracie, he did a little banner for me, and Mm -hmm. so um, you know after hearing Sam, it's so interesting because you know about talking about animals and all, because honestly you know when when you do talk for an animal. You know, and they can say just about whatever they want. That's why it's so freeing and probably why I like it, you know, because (laughs) it's just fun for me, you know. Mm -hmm. And I do think, you know, that I myself have made the decision to try to have more fun when I'm writing and because that's how I started, you know. And it it shouldn't always be about all of this marketing and, you know, because I I tend to – Get st- I do get stressed from it. I, I, I have figured that out, so, you know, it took me a while, but I think that that's one of the things that does stress me out is, and bad things have happened to me in my life and do not stress me as much as marketing getting out there because it's, I think yeah. what Sam is saying, it's it's not really what I like. What I like is writing. Right, right. No, and I know that's, that's true for me. I mean, that's one reason why, um, you know, we've we've moved away from doing the tours because the tours were taking yes. over my life. And not that I didn't like helping authors. I loved, you know, loved that part of what we did here at World of Ink, but it was dominating. Well, you did a very thorough, you really did very <laughs> thorough tours. And uh, I doubt yeah. that there are people doing as thorough of tours as you did. And you really <laughs> did, you know. No, you're really good at that. But, you know, yeah. you have to make a decision in life what things you want to do and what you don't. Yeah, and you don't you don't want things dominating your life that aren't bringing you the creativity or joy or peace of mind, which is what was starting to happen. It was starting to become about numbers and and yeah, I think listening to stress. Sam doesn't yeah. that you know resonate to and you know and he said yeah. something that reminded me of like for you to finish your book you know because that is something you want to do right which is what you I've know. been focusing on right and asked, you know and that's why know, I'm writing more year. because right, yeah. we have to do sometimes you know and that's the truth we have to do what we really wanted to do you know because you can't do everything 
Right. Yeah. You have you have to pick and choose what what is the most important in your life and focus on those and not let everything else drag you down. I think he's so relaxing, you know, listening to him and his voice. It's very relaxing. Yes. We sh- we should yes. have more often. I need it. <laughs> but no, seriously, he's he's very good that way because, you know, he puts it in the right perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. we all tend to, you know, and it's interesting to say that he doesn't comment too much on Facebook, which is might be a good idea for everybody. I might try that myself, actually, because I do think it's it's it takes a lot out of a person. I'm telling you, I've been been a lot calmer in the last six months since I've backed off. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think, no, I I do, you know, and I think he's right because, you know, and what you you said is somebody had said that. They're they're mad. You know, they're mad because somebody didn't comment. So that's, that's even worse than I thought because that's not good. Yeah. You know. Facebook was becoming their reality. When we first started shows, it was just all about liking, you know, if, you, if nobody was commenting that much, they were just liking, you know, that that meant that they were just seeing what you wrote, and that was good because that means that you were getting out there, you know, for the shows. People would know that the show was at a certain time, you know, and that was good. But now it's all about, you know, and I know myself, I'm looking, and I look at someone's comments, too, you know, and I'm thinking, like, why am I doing this? It takes, it really does take a long time. And he's right about that in the morning. I think everybody does that. They touch their phone, they take it out, and then before they go to bed, they're looking at it. Yeah. So if he could do this, we could do it, too, right? I think it's good. You do it. You you do on the weekends. You don't. You know, I can definitely say you don't. Well, and and I mean I do look, but sometimes I don't comment. I'm kind of quiet about. It. But the other thing too is what what kind of got me back onto that track was I remember when email hit the 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 business world, and we were all uh-huh. able to start emailing and stuff in the '90s. And <laughs> um, I remember that I would come into work, and you know it was the whole oh my gosh I got to respond to all my emails that are in my inbox, yeah. and that would take up yeah. like. Your whole day, or half your day, I know. Or, you know, a third know. of your day. I know. And I started realizing that that's what's happened. We, yeah. I, I look at social media as the new email demon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, because it it is. You know, you you do look at yeah. it, and you know, I have so many pages that by the time I'm done with Facebook, I have to check all the pages and do all that, right. and then you know, then but, I go but in. Here's and go, the oh. question, Marcia: Do you do you get into your email, look at all your emails, and go, oh, I must respond to every email or read every email and clean? No, it what out, I so do I on my emails is like sometimes I put a big check and I go delete. <laughs> Yeah, after I look through it, real, no, I look through it and see if it's yeah. you know things that are uh, that I need to take care of right. you know uh, right. for business. But, but, but otherwise, otherwise, is... no, because most people either text me now or uh, message me. But I somebody I know very well who's been on the show a lot and I really like her. She's just emailed me today and said she's taking herself off Messenger because right. yeah. um, it gets too much. And I I think that some of these th- I think people are starting to get. To a point where they go, like you know, this not might but, not be good. That's yeah. why I wanted Sam I'm, on today yeah. to talk about this. Yeah, but what but what I'm saying about email though is you don't read every email message and feel like you nope. have to respond to that person like we used to. And that's right. the thing. I think it's going to take time, but eventually people will hopefully move to that same mindset. As yeah. you know, to social media is the same thing. Like you don't have to respond to every single post that you come across of somebody you're connected to. <laughs> 
Well, I think that's true, and I think you know, and I, I think that was really good advice. What he was saying is yeah. that he doesn't comment. Yeah. And that's just straight across the board. So I think that might be a good thing because I do think people are putting it out there a lot of times for a comment, and you feel bad, and so it does take enormous amount of time to do this. Plus, not even the time, but mentally, it does feel bad because you've had so much trauma that you're looking at mm-hmm. and and it does eventually I think it does bother people I know it does bother me I'm going like oh boy this is bad and that is bad and that this is not mm-hmm. a good thing but because there's so much bad yeah. enough on the news that when you get on Facebook and Twitter it's all about that now it was never like yeah. this it wasn't meant to be like this no, no, it, it wasn't. was just meant to get the word out there. Like, if you have a book, if you got a movie, right. if you got a screenplay and, and, or a radio and, show, and, something. And it wasn't. And it wasn't meant. We're supposed to be looking at all the analy- analytics and seeing, like, well, yep. how how much did that post get over this post? And oh my gosh, yep. I, I I got zero likes this week. Yep. <laughs> I don't even look yeah, at it. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't really mean that much. I, honestly, at the end of the day, he's right. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. Mm-mm. Nope. You know, and I tell people now that if they, you know, they think that, you know, if you're on a show or if you're, you know, doing something, they're expecting to sell a million books, and it's just not happening for people that way. So I think no. that that is very stressful. And yeah. I was talking to my husband. I was telling somebody that had dropped out, you know, of writing, and they're a really good writer, but then they were doing something mm-hmm. else with their life, which is really good. But, you know, and um, so I think that people – got depressed that were writing that they weren't getting what they needed from people and they left and some of them shouldn't have left no because the reality is is you know exactly what sam said i mean just writing and the joy of what you enjoy what you're doing and if it sells great if you make a million dollars great if you don't at least you're doing what you love you know because that's that is key i mean you know i've i've been fortunate right and have fun with with what you're doing have fun. Yeah, so I and, think I, and, that, and, yeah. and enjoy enjoy what's going on around you. Because I think I think you and myself, we've been fortunate to do what we love to do the majority of our careers. Yeah. And I and yeah. I think you know people just need to. And look at I mean the happy. two of us. You could use this as an example. Did we yeah. know that we were going to like to do radio shows? No. So it was something yeah. new that we tried. <laughs> I this was like somebody was asking me. They go like, oh, and, about it, and I go, you know. I said, if you, this is like the, one of the last things I ever would have wanted to do, but I know mm-hmm. that when I published the books and then they said, oh, you should go on a radio show, I went, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm just a writer, you know, yeah. and then I found out I loved it, but it, it didn't, you know, that's what the, the story is. You don't know what you like, so sometimes try something different, you yeah. know, because like the last thing, did you think, this was not something we were playing, you know, we were thinking oh, of doing. Oh, I... I remember the first show we did. My heart was pound. I mean, yeah. I could. Yeah. I swear you probably have seen it pounding in my chest because I was so nervous, which is you yeah. know kind of weird. But because um, I used to do. Well, that's because we didn't know. You know, right? Well, I did. Yeah. I did some before you. I did some before, yeah. but uh, yeah. you know, well, when well, I, no, I, I did I, maybe I, about eight or nine months before. But I do right. know the first time I was doing it, and I even know that when I was on, and I mentioned this the other day, that when I was on doing a show. Uh, with April Robbins before I got to be a host on Red River, I was a wreck. <laughs> so yeah. I remember yeah. that feeling. I mean, so it's, I think it's, that you know, but it really feels like public speaking, and you're like, oh my gosh, yes. and people are going to judge, and you start worrying about all that, and then 
And then you move past. I mean, if you can move past that and see what you know, which is what happened. You know, it's just we started. Yeah. Which is what we I hated. I, I didn't like it. Yeah. I, I really didn't even like public speaking. You know, and yeah. so well, and, I think it's but, so it's pushing yourself to a different level, but not it really. It's something that you found that you like. So I think in to yeah. end it the way it is is that sometimes you try something and you end up really liking it. Yes, that is true. You know, so I think and that it was. I think all in all, this was very interesting because mm-hmm. I just I I remember the things Sam said when he was on before. I really do. I I think of them a lot. Because sometimes, you know, maybe you don't know if you're really, you know, if somebody is thinking right now, maybe they just heard what he said, but you, they'll find themselves thinking of it and going like, oh, you know what? Hey, he's yeah. right. Yeah, I, I found a lot of the, what he said to be so true. You know, I found it almost is, all is. of it, you know. Yeah. So I think I'm going to try to get him on again because that was really interesting. And um, I'm so glad to do a show with you. It was very nice. <laughs> It is. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> the yes, other one we did together it was because uh couldn't get on the right. station. But now yeah. yeah. So tomorrow I hope it'll be a good show and um yeah, you'll listen to it afterwards because you know it's it, yeah. Randall and Mikey. They're both very interesting guys, so it should be a good show. You know. Definitely. And yep. um, yep. So I right, so everybody, good night and uh, try to have a relaxing night. Yes, I know I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not. You know, I I, I think I, I do agree on the Facebook, not the comments. I think that's not a bad idea. So I may try that myself. <laughs> no, I I think it I think it does bother me a lot of times. I do feel bad a lot of times. So I think that maybe yeah. this will help me to not. You know, I don't need don't to. Don't feel it's guilty. So, don't feel yeah, guilty well, because you don't comment that because I think that's what a lot of it is. People feel. Yes, exactly. And so obligated, and and yes. we shouldn't be feeling that way because that. Yes, I think that stress. that's something he said that was a good thing. Yeah. And maybe <laughs> if everybody tries that, it'll get back to something like it was before, just information. Mhm. Yeah. Because then sometimes if I wrote today, I went, oh, I'm going to like something, then I go, well, should I comment on? It? <laughs> then I'm thinking <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I used to just call people and go like, did you mean to put that on there? This is not a good thing. <laughs> That you did, you know, because I did. I know it was bad years ago for people because yeah. they don't always mean what they're ranting, and then it's it's out there. They've yeah, already alienated people. You cannot you take it back. No. All right. On that note, thank you for being on. <laughs> I'm so happy. So, and yeah. hopefully we'll do a show soon. Yes. Yes. I'm, okay. And I'm planning shows too. So. Oh, good. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing, right? Eight years. Yes. Yes. Eight years. It's a long time. Long time. Long time. Take care. Bye. I'm going to end the show. watching this. The fences come here. I have Kermit. Is Kermit on? Yeah. He's got a little fruit on it.